boom it is a it's thursday morning well it's what it's actually 4 41 p.m so wow very good Grizo. it is that and it's january 13 and you know what this is a topic i am so excited to talk about i actually recorded it <laughs> already um but it was so bad like i was struggling because somebody and i won't say who and i don't really know who they got it from but i i was basically the result is i had to quarantine and the way that i was sounding wow it sounded like i had y chromosomes and i'm a woman and women don't have y chromosomes okay so um i sounded like a man i sounded very stuffy i sounded just it was just bad what i was saying was good but i was also a little delirious so there was some stuff in there that I recorded that was like, do you need a hospital? So anyways, so we're redoing it, <coughs> which is good. <laughs> it's good for everybody. But I wanted to talk about critics of the church. Now, I'm not going to come to this topic from the stance of, and I feel like if you listen to enough episodes, which by the way, sidetrack and i know i do that a lot but listen sidetrack thank you so much for listening listen i see the stats you guys have been listening even when i haven't been faithful in uploading but the reason why if you listen to the last episode is because i want to get better equipment but and also my voice was just so deep the last time so but you know what i'm always in a mood to talk and if you guys put up with that trash quality before i believe that you're going to be extra blessed when I get better quality in the future, in Jesus' name, amen, praise the Lord. So I wanna thank you for listening. I wanna thank you for even continually coming on here, downloading the episodes. I mean, continue to do that, please. Continue to do that, please. So um, this, is what, this is what the YouTube people say, remember, like, and subscribe, hit that bell notification. <laughs> um, my version of that is just continue to download and share if you, if you want. But anyways, back to what I was saying. Listen, this topic, I was once a critic of the church. Shame, shame, shame. So sad. Tears, tears. But, you know, I'm 22 now, and I've grown up spiritually, mentally, and, you know, so I've learned, and I'm still learning, and I realized coming out of that position in life, I don't want to be that person. That person has to use trash. And, you know, and I'm here to talk about you if you're a critic of the church or we're just going to talk about these people. We're totally going to bash these people because nothing is more to me. This is actually really humoring. But, you know, like when you're on the Internet and then you see like older, like obese men on the Internet, like having three hour long YouTube videos of how this person's a false prophet. This person's a false teacher. And then, and they like rhetorically and analyze the sermon. I'm like, buddy, bro, like, what are you doing? It's actually kind of funny. Like they spend, they make YouTube content surrounding other people's sermons and their entire ministry and, you know, at least at that point, at least give to their ministry. Like, you are such a faithful person. But, I mean, just at that point, like, the way that you are living up that person's yansh, just just give your money to them. Why not? I mean, why not? You're, you're being so faithful. 
Your every word that comes out, you buy their books, you know where they live. Just, you might as well. You might as well sell all your belongings and follow them. Hmm? Why not? So, first of all, I want to critique, okay? I'm going to critique the criti- critics. I want to critique, critique this whole, like, hate bandwagon movement that I've seen in the body of Christ. So ratchet, so ugly. Like, where something like a movement will come out or like something will happen and then somewhere in the body and this is even bold for me to even call it the body but you know as if you still love jesus and you are your heart is to obey him and follow him then i guess you're in the body you're just operating in sin though so you need to cut that out so i'll just call them people of the body because you know forgiveness and redemption is all there for them but there's somewhere in the body of christ Somewhere near the, uh, no, I'm not going to say that joke. There's like a people that rise up and it's like, I, I'm, I'm going to hate this. Like I'm hating this perfect example. Perfect example is, uh, during the whole Corocoro outbreak, you know, the viral, viral virus when it outbroke and Sean Foyt did his thing. And he was like, let us worship out of there. And just to clear the air, I like, sh- I- I've never listened to Sean Foyt in my life. I knew he was that curly hair guy with the long hair that was like with Bethel. And, you know, I was like, okay, cool. But that's, that's, that's the extent of how I felt about this man. The love that I have for him now, the way that he is just exemplifying that boldness, the cojones that he has to continue to pursue worship you can't tell us how to worship government or Nancy Pelosi or Governor, what's his name of California? That guy with the hair gel. The, just You can't tell us how to worship. You're not going to tell us when and where and how we're going to. I love this guy, Sean Foyt. But they're on the internet, you know, because I'd be browsing or whatever. Like, I saw like some musicians. There's like Christian musicians who aren't Christian musicians. They're just musicians in a band that are Christian and will sometimes talk about Jesus. But either way, like, don't call us Christian musicians because how dare you? That's not us. But we're just Christian. But we're not going to leave with that because not everybody should. Those type of Christians, like, they were critiquing this guy, talking about, I just don't think it's very Christ-like to, to do this because you're putting lives in danger and you're putting the name of Christ over it, and that's not right. Like, my friend, my musician friend, hasn't been able to, to have a job because we can't do music festivals, and now I'm seeing all these Christians, like, doing stuff like this. It's just endangering people, and it's not Christ-like, and it's not this. And just the hatred that this this guy, Sean, got from other Christians is unreal. Is first of all, the whole Korokoro drama that ensued with the body of Christ, which if to me feels like the whole like when YouTube is going through that beauty blogger drama, you know, with um, you know, the people. The people. Um, that's what it feels it felt like that. And it was just so embarrassing to like, oh my gosh, like Imagine what the, our neighbors are going to think. You know, like, how? why would you bring outside information to the public? Kind of like how Kirk Franklin's child, like, did that to him, which, in turn, Kirk Franklin released one of the greatest mixtapes he's ever released of him cussing his son out. That was amazing. Like, well, he didn't even release it. That's the funny part. <clears throat> so that, it's just embarrassing to, like, see Christians argue like that in front of neighbors, okay? Like, they don't need to know our business. But... It was, I'm seeing like hate bandwagons that happen 
when Christians do anything, anything, and there's like a movement around it. Like, for example, there's people that dedicate their life to hating Bethel. There's people that dedicate their lives to hating Joel Osteen, which to me, it might as well just be a whole denomination because they hate that that man, that beautiful man with the good hair and the good teeth and the good skin gets is unreal, is unchristlike. And it's just, what did this man genuinely even do to you? Do you know what I mean? But anyways, I don't like the whole hatred thing that happens. I'm trying to think of a better example just to really like give you a better example. Hold on. Okay. I cannot think of a better example. In my first, I went to look in my first draft and it was, I was just talking about Joel Osteen, which I mean, this is actually a really perfect example. Okay. To me, for me and how I feel about Joel Osteen, if you couldn't already tell from what I basically described him, like I don't have a problem with the guy. This guy didn't do anything against me. This guy didn't touch my family, my friends, my city. Like, this guy does nothing wrong. He gets on his pulpit. He, like, flashes his bright white smile, says the nicest words, encourages everybody, and just, like, is so nice, invites everybody to his church, including Kanye West, and it's just, to me, it's just like, what is, like, what's the problem with this guy? And so it's like the hate that this guy gets is unreal, which I already said, but it's like baffling. I, I literally could go to another continent, find, run across a Christian in some back roads of some African village, and somebody will be like, I don't really like that Joel Osteen guy. Do you see what, like, the hate that this guy gets? I'm like, really? We all the way out here? And how, how am I finding Joel Osteen haters all the way out here in the backwoods? This ain't right. This is y'all, no. Y'all not finna come, y'all not finna come for my, my friend like this. First of all, his father is, phenom- was, is phenomenal. John Osteen amazing minister of the gospel, amazing teacher, which, you know, it's because some people, they don't really like the whole, like, the whole, oh, I don't want the son to take over. That's just usually older people, but that doesn't even matter. So maybe there's, like, hatred there or whatever, which I don't, I don't I haven't really seen much people talk about because usually there's, like, older people who know who John Osteen is or something like that. But, bro, do you know, I actually, I was actually on YouTube and I saw like a guy analyzing Joel Osteen's sermon and he literally like stopped the video and like, you know, did his little critique thing from, from a joke he said. He was just like, well, I personally, I didn't really find that that funny. It's like, no, but your life situation is very funny. Like you really, sir, like this is, this is how you're going to live your life. Like, at the end of your days, when God is like, what have you done in your life? You're going to be like, don't you know? Like, I, I garnered over 80 hours of video footage critiquing your, your servant, God. It's, that's embarrassing. That is sad. That's so sad. It's on YouTube. And then the comments are all just like, yeah, you know, at first I liked it, but I don't know. This gave me such a bad vibe. And it's like that on top of, like, church reviews, first of all, for me, it's like a good way to pass time. Like I look up reviews, like bad reviews on churches, like mega churches that I know of. Like, cause you know, I live in a big city. So we have a few mega churches here. I, I, be, I, will, I don't know if I would consider the church I go to as a mega church, but it, it, it's mega. 
and it's a church. Okay, so yeah, it's a mega church. So people know it, but I kind of like to look at the reviews on even my church because they're ex- they're pretty funny. Like they'll be like one star. It was so loud. And like, <laughs> they'll rate the whole church experience one star because it's loud. So or like just the dumbest reasons like people have. I don't know. Personally, I don't know what it is. It's like when the church does something, the level of offense that comes out from people is like through the roof. But yet y'all will go to Walmart and gladly spend your money and be disrespected. The way that the bathroom is not clean, the way that the, the, the layout of the whole store is just not even right. They won't even tell you they updated the store. They would just leave you to the wolves. Just, just figure it out. They won't help you. They're not there to assist you. And you will come back again and just say, it's okay. I will learn the layouts myself. You will study the layouts and you'll continually to come, come. But if one person, you go to a new church and one person doesn't say hi to you. And it's like, you leave the whole religion. You leave the whole faith because no, I can't, I can't take this, but you will take abuse at Walmart. Make it make sense. So first of all, the level of abuse that people have when it's church related is just ridiculous. It genuinely is ridiculous. And I'm not even saying this from like the outside looking in, like even in my life, I'm like Crizo, but yet you go and roll up in McDonald's and just accept the way that they treat you. They could just, no, we don't have that. What you want? Just the way that they talk to you. Uh, what you want? No, we don't have that. We don't have no more of that. Okay. So what you want to get number five? I've never ordered a number five in McDonald's. I don't even know what that is. I just, I know I just get the fries like if I'm craving it because their fries are popping. But at this point in my life, like it's just not even worth it. I just go to Chick Fil A. Um, that is has nothing to do with what I'm talking about right now. But yeah, the level of offense that people have towards churches is ridiculous. Back to Joel Osteen. But no, yeah, I mean the man, the way that people hate this guy. What has he done wrong? And people try to get into his finances. And I'm like, genuinely, why is that any of your business? First and foremost, the way that people will insert themselves into other people's bank accounts makes no sense. Like, you will be embarrassed if I inserted myself into your financial life, okay? I will be embarrassed if you do the same to me, okay? So don't do it to Joel. Don't do it to Joel Osteen. Talk about why does he need that much money? Why do churches need this much money? And it's always people who don't have a church, who don't have people that are willing to listen to them talk for at least 20 seconds. Never like forget a few hours for a church service. People that don't have anything going on in their lives critiquing ministers of the gospel that have a few things, Okay. And, you know, you know, I heard in my head when I see ministers of the gospel like that are successful, I'm like, okay, they probably have books just in the natural. I'm like, okay, they probably have books, you know, book sales or, and I heard Joel Osteen had like real estate, but I'm not here trying to justify why he's rich. When the Bible says the blessings of the Lord make it the man rich and he adds no sorrows against it. I'm not over here as a believer going to try to justify why I feel that somebody should be prosperous. Like, that's stupid. That's real, real stupid for me to really insert myself into somebody else's life and where I am not concerned at all. God's not coming to me about Joel Osteen's finances. Am I his accountant? Huh? Do I look like his accountant? You are not an accountant or his accountant, at least. You're not. Why do you care what this guy does? Why do you care how much he spends? Why do you care how much he has? Well, well that's the church's money. Well, that's a- 
Well, if you know anything about the Bible, you know that whatever the church, you don't give. You're not giving to people. You're giving to God. And when you give out of faith to an organization and, you, or, you know, you know, I want to sow a seed and da 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 Yes, it's going to help the organization. But the point is that's actually going directly to Christ. That's, that's the point of all of this. It's not, I'm not doing this to help out nobody. Yeah, I'm not, but that's a whole, you know, teaching for seed time and harvest and giving and all that stuff. That's something for another day. Like, if people abuse my money that I give to a church, that's not going to affect me. That's going to affect them because I didn't give directly to you. I'm not giving directly to you. I'm actually giving to God. But anyways, you know, that's neither here nor there. But the, the way that people like get offended over like measly things that I'm like, that's none of your business. That is none of your business. And then this guy, you know what he does? He gets up on the stage. He dresses nice. He looks nice for all of us. Okay? And then he's like, open, hold up your Bible. I am what this word says that I am. I can do what this word says that I can do. I will be what this word says that I will. He is so nice. You know, I I grew up in the 1900s. Um, actually, I was born in the 1900s. Let me clarify. Yes, 1999. And um, if you know anything about the 1900s, like TBN, TBN, you guys know, um, that was huge way back when in the other century. Yeah. Um, and I was raised on the teachings of Joel Osteen. Maybe I was asleep. Maybe I was up. I don't know. But he was on the screen. T.D. Jakes was there. Paula White was there. I actually, I actually mailed her a like a letter back when people did that and like knew how to do that. I mailed her a letter and she sent every one of them back. So, you know, I, I forgave. I for, I've forgiven. But I, you know, she's still fabulous. Praise the Lord. I love her. Um. Anyways, I was raised on that. So I've never even had like. I'm and I'm grateful. I never had the world to base my opinions around Joel Osteen. I love following. I love following his Instagram page. It's just so motivational, which is actually something people critiqued him about. They were like, "Oh, he is a motivational speaker." Okay, what would you rather him be? An unmotivational speaker? Like, I I am not what this word says that I am. I, I cannot do what this word says that I can. That's so demonic. Like, what would you what do you want this guy to be? I mean, the Bible even says encouragement is a gift, is a spiritual gift. If you're good at encouraging, encourage well. That the Bible teaches that. Leave this man alone. Leave him and his family alone. Okay, just let it be known. They, whatever they do, good or bad, they answer to the Lord, but it's not taking anything out of your pockets. People are acting like Joel Osteen comes to them in the dead of the night with a gun in their, his hand, forcing people to like give, like fork over everything they have. This guy is not looking for you. He's just looking to bless his congregation. Do you know what I mean? In my book, he's not a problem. Stop hating Joel Osteen. Stop the hate. You guys are crazy. I'm like, well, yeah, me. Well, I don't really like the guy. I just don't really see the point of having all that stuff. Of course you wouldn't see the point. God didn't give you all that stuff. So it's not for you to even try to understand. Let that man steward what God has given him and leave him alone. Okay? Leave him alone. I'm telling you, something could happen, which is actually what I talked about in my draft version of this. Something could happen. People always blame that guy for everything. Like, you know how people blame, like, Joe Biden or Obama for everything? I do to this day. Like, something is, like, the minor inconvenience happens. I'm like, well, Joe Biden, 
it, that Bojan is, you know, it's because that. And but people, one thing will happen to the state of Texas, and people are like, wow, wow, Joe Osteen didn't have any. Like Joe, what did he do? Why didn't he intervene with his big church? <laughs> what? The whole state of Texas could catch in flames, and people will find a way to blame Joel Osteen. Well, personally, I think with that big church of his, that he could have done something. All right. All right. It froze, the whole state froze over, I heard. I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was the whole state. I'm pretty sure it was, it was a lot. Texas froze over. Somewhere out there, there's an article that is wondering where Joel Osteen was. Hmm? Next topic. Leave that man alone. He didn't do anything to you. Next topic. Deconstruction. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I hate this topic, if you can tell. Um personally I'm seeing I don't I don't really see like a lot because I'm not really friends with Christians that are that deconstruct. Like I'm not I'm not friends with dumb people. And I use that term lightly, dumb people I'm playing, but not really. Here's why I think it's dumb. And again, this is a topic that could probably be its own episode. (laughs) But here's why I think it's dumb. The Bible tells us that we, we have to like judge everything according to its fruit, right? This movement, I've never seen anyone deconstruct and come out stronger spiritually, come out more mature spiritually, see the hand of God on them, like just uh, the increase in the productivity, the the multiplication. I haven't seen it. In fact, I've seen people deconstruct and just, the way my mom says it, you go down, you go down, which is really means spiritually decrease. You you just go down. And in fact, people that that start deconstruction have already been down for a long time. I'm just going to say that. You can tell. Yeah, you can test the fruit out of anything. That's how the whole like let us worship by Sean Foyt. I would hold if I were if you feel like you don't like it, I would hold my tongue and reserve my judgment because the fruit of that movement has been salvation, deliverance. There is fruit in that movement, and it's a godly, holy fruit. It's a biblical fruit. So reserve your your judgment before you start thinking about it's an endangerment to the human race. Barack Obama had a whole party during a pandemic. Where was your where was your uproar? Bo Jaden, Nancy Pelosi, and, and Alexandria or, or whatever Ocasio Cortez. I've never even said her full name until today, and even then, that was I didn't say it. That <laughs> whatever that was. AOC. They all moved down to Florida after critiquing and bashing the H E double hockey sticks out of this state and the people that live in this state. Where is your uproar? Huh? You guys are. Un- bashing the H-E double hockey stick out of our governor, Ron DeSantis. Where is your uproar? Huh? You care about the endangerment to human beings? Where's, where's your uproar? Her, Pelosi and her fridge of ice cream? Where was your uproar? It was crickets. Crickets. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I like, get off my page right now. I don't, <laughs> let me stop. But the whole deconstruction movement, I haven't seen fruit from it. <laughs> I, it feels like a, I'm not even going to say it feels like a cult. It's not. In my, in my head, I don't think it is. Again, I don't pay attention to people that deconstruct. I don't. There is a popular Christian artist that talked about deconstruction. It's the moment I hold it all in question. That guy. Oh, God. He deconstructed 
Um, no hate, no shade. But also within this whole album, he revealed in this rap album that he had, he revealed that he fell right back into his addiction with pornography. So that's what I'm saying. Like you can really see the just the surrounding fruit of everything, and that's that's one case. That's his case. But then you start looking at other people that deconstruct, and it's like, okay, this girl over here is you know doing that, and this guy over here is doing that. And I, I would give examples, but then. If these people ever listen to this podcast, they know exactly who they are. And I just don't really have feel like dealing with them. Um, I actually released a video on my Instagram bashing the whole subject on deconstruction. And in, in doing that, I ended up bashing an actual person. And then they watched that video and they got really bad at me. So I want to say I'm sorry um, for insulting you, but... Everything else I totally agree with. And I actually still agree with even the insults. But sorry if I hurt you, because I know it probably hurt. I definitely hurt your feelings. But I still agree with what I said. Um, the whole movement is stupid. It's so stupid. It's people, if you don't know, and I'm going to try to simply explain it without really mocking it too much. But it's basically, let me take what I've known. And, you know, I grew up in the church. Or I grew up in this doctrine, in this, you know, the system of whatever, of faith. And you know what? I'm going to look at this Bible and I'm going to break everything down, forget everything before, break it all down and ask myself, what is it really saying? You know, what, what is this? What is this? What is this? You know, what's the truth? In, basically, it's an effort to search out the truth, right? The truth, truth, without any church experience bias or church or pastor this or this, that. And all I have to say to that is just stupid. It's, it's, it's one of those things that sound good, but it's just, just stupid. Basically like communism, you know, it sounds good on paper, but in execution, it failed a lot of the times. I mean, look at Argentina. So it's like, okay, uh, you know, it sounds cute, which a lot of Christian, you know, trendy things do sound cute. And I'm not against trends. Like I'm not one of those old people that dresses in like jean skirts and a bun that's been you know, hasn't been washed because I'm not going to drag that entire denomination. I'm not going to do it. So I'm just going to move on. I'm not one of those old people that are, I'm anti-trends and I, and I know, I don't know why there's rock music and why is church music so loud? Like I'm not that person at all, but this trend is literally dumb. It's so stupid. So when they do that, and here's the thing. It's one thing if you are, you know, taking, the, I don't know, the biblical route. And, you know, what the Bible says, renew your mind with the word of God, right? You're taking the biblical route, the advice that God, Jesus already gave us, and go in that route. Fine. That's fine. But what I've seen these people that deconstruct do, these people all, 10 times out of 10, every single person I've seen deconstruct has in turn be someone that continually critiques and rebukes and attacks the body of Christ and everything that we do, good or bad, but to them it's all bad, obviously, or else they wouldn't be critiquing it. They in turn function as if they are the arbiter of truth and common sense. They're unteachable people. They become their own teachers. And it's like, bro, y'all doing things wrong. Yeah, doing things so wrong. Because first of all, it's, it becomes very prideful. You know, there's a reason why. Men, like you cannot erase men and women of God out of your life and just be like, I'm going to teach myself what's true. That's not even biblical. 
and let me break this down if you're okay but what if they're just getting led by the holy ghost you may ask like what if this is the holy ghost teaching them does the bible not say that the holy ghost is the greater teacher of them all if greatest teacher of all yes the bible does say that the bible also calls jesus our you know wonderful counselor but doesn't the bible what i'm gonna retort doesn't the bible also tell us to consult many to consider the, the, the wise counsel of many? Does, why would you do that if God's, if God's the only counselor you need? He's very wise. The Bible says that he's wiser, that even the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisest of men. Why would you need to consult men if God is the wisest? Because God has put people in your life to guide you with life experience that you may be walking through, with life experience, ministry experience, godly wisdom, you know, just things that God has even poured into them that they've walked out that you have not yet, that they can impart these things unto you for your benefit. That's the whole point of impartation, geniuses. That's why old people teach us stuff. Don't write off people just because they're old and be like, well, that's their way and they're functioning in an old system and that's archaic and they have a system that's anachronistic and this is a different time and we need to be progressive and move forward and it's different, it's different. God's doing a new thing because it's very dumb. Yes, God's doing a new thing. Why don't you think those people that are old are, are not plugged into the new things that God's doing? Why do you think just be, why, what, what, what is in you? And it's pride, of course, but what is in you that's telling you older people just don't get it. Like they just won't, they're not able to teach me about things that's happening in the now. Does the Holy Spirit not still speak to them? Is God not in our present? Are they not living the day that you're living today? And yes, I would say, yeah, I mean, I get it. Like older people are just a lot of them, not everybody. Just because you're old doesn't mean you're automatically wise. But older people have a very specific, especially older Christian people, they have a very specific way of living where it's just like they're kind of they're over the hoopla and they create their own space in their own. I don't I want to say bubble of where they're like, I want to focus on what I want to focus on. And they have a very good way of um, just living in their own reality and i'm not saying this is, that it's a bad thing at all but older people they don't a lot of times they won't even waste time and watch tv they, they'll probably just watch the news and that's their only like grasp <laughs> besides talking to people that's their only grasp of like what's happening nowadays because they just live in their bubble they'll pray they'll read the word of god they'll fast they'll meditate they'll listen to teaching they'll be you know those go out to dinner with friends and golf and relax and all that goodness that it's pretty cool what old people do and they'll do all of that but they are not tuned in they're not tuned into nonsense and hullabaloo about kim kardashian and pete davidson they're not tuned in to like the new like diction that this generation has you know like oh like the, the slang words that we have they're not tuned into all that nonsense they're just tuned into the essentials and that's older people do have that so i understand why young people are like that i can't relate to everything that comes out of your mouth because i live in a different kind of my reality is not your reality like we are not and i understand that that's why there's different leadership from different ages that'll get you but don't discount the words of older people i mean there's a blessing in being old the bible says you know, it's a blessing to have gray hair. There's a blessing in that. Don't discount their words as if it's worthless just because they, they're not, they don't know anything about like 
the Met Gala or whatever, like the things that young people care about. You know, don't discount their words as if their words aren't precious because we both know the things that are classic are things that stand true no matter, stand true through the test of time. Things that are like concrete, even that's even in the fashion world, they'll be like, oh, there's just certain fashion statements and staples that are always trend that are always in style because they're just they're fundamental, like they're foundational. That that thing will always remain. You know, it's kind of like that. That's what to me old people are like. It's like old, wise, godly people are like. It doesn't matter the trends that come and go. Their word of wisdom and their insight and what they have to impart will always be right will always be good no matter what's trending no matter what's hot whatever it's good no matter what just like the word of god it's good no matter what time zone it is and people have the audacity some people side note have the audacity to treat the word of god like oh that doesn't apply that's for back then you're not very smart because the word of god doesn't die and it doesn't it doesn't live and die this word lives and it's able to be applied to whatever. And that, and you know, you, we know this because the Bible even addresses itself. It'll change things where it's like, okay, at one point it was like this, but now, for example, on the, the whole like subject of food, where people on Twitter will have the audacity to be like, well, y'all still eat shellfish, so don't tell me that homosexuality is a sin. That's their argument. But if they picked up a Bible, you know, an actual Bible, not the ones that you get when you're dedicated to the Lord at the age of zero, when you pick up a Bible and read it in the New Testament, you see, and even and it teaches on it in the book of Romans that you'll see that God has now cleansed it all and it's clean and it is good to eat. So what the freak is your problem? You can't read? So that's what I'm saying. Like some people is just like what I'm critiquing here. Basically what I'm getting at is this unteachable attitude where it's like, I'll teach myself what's good, what's true because, because maybe because of church abuse that they dealt with because of whatever. And this is actually what that one person that I was talking about a few minutes ago, not a few minutes, well over a few minutes ago, like this was their retort. I was like, well, shouldn't we need to just renew our minds with the word of God and there and just forgive. And she was like, just renewing your mind isn't enough. Like, <clears throat> sorry, I had some bat soup a few days ago. It was really good. Um, you know, that's just not enough. Like the things basically saying like, that's, you can't just renew your mind. That's not the answer. And it's just like forgiveness and renewing, you know, when you come to a point where you start critiquing what the word of God tells you to do is you're, I, I realize that I'm wasting my time because apparently you're not teachable. Apparently you're right. And the word of God is wrong. And the word of God just doesn't get you and it doesn't get your experiences. And it, it's just not, you can't just tell me this. Like there has to be, apparently everybody's wrong. Everybody that has ever lived and ever opened their mouth and dared to breathe is wrong. And you are right because you experienced something that is so beyond that even the word of God can even teach or guide you out of or guide you through. Uh, apparently not because your experiences are just that valuable that different, just that unique, just that top tier. I, to be honest, I don't even want to, this is when this person just kept responding actually messages. And I just like, I just stopped caring. Cause I'm like, no, what's the point of having a conversation? You're not teachable. That's why I got rebuked. You're not teachable. <laughs> You're not teachable. I'm silly. I'm sorry, but you know, I don't regret what I said. I agree with what I said wholeheartedly. You're not teachable. 
at all. At all. Be- and now you want to deconstruct. And while you're deconstructing, you're critiquing the body of Christ. Ugh. And then you, they come up with terms like white national or like white evangelical. I was actually on Twitter last night. And this guy, there's just t- this person on Twitter that just says stuff that I'm like, huh? Like, it's like growing up in the white evangelical church, it taught me. And everybody that just something stupid he wrote at the end of that. And every single person that like retweeted or commented, they were like, you're so right. Yeah, the white church is. And it's only white people critiquing the white church. I'm telling you right now, black people do not care. We do not care about what white evangelical church they try to make it seem like they try to introduce things like oh the church is racist the most racist times are on sunday morning like shut the freak up shut the freak like what the freak is wrong with this people this sect this denomination of christians where it's like the church is wrong everything we do is wrong if there's a prop listen 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 here don't call it the church because there's people that are not racist don't make it our problem if you have a problem with somebody hey do what the bible says and confront them the right way leave us out of it just because if you have an aunt that is like a drug addict that don't mean the whole family is just a bunch of crackheads it just means aunt martha has a problem don't drag us all into this this is not our problem you need to confront that person and fix that and then so you need to learn to forgive and move the freak on, move the freak on, because people, I actually said that to that girl on the Instagram, I was like, move on, some kids, some things are just too big to just move on, nothing is too big where you can just move forward and move on, apparently you need to hear another, no, they don't need to hear anything, they just need to get over themselves, but they can't, because they're right, and everybody's wrong, you remember, so it's just like these again. I don't. I don't waste time with these people because then they'll be like, ooh, ooh, ooh. "All right, then you can't. You can't obey Jesus because apparently your offense was so great that Jesus just didn't get it. His bad for even offering that as a teaching to move forward, forgive and forget and forget and move on. Just forgive your neighbor seventy times. Just continue forgiving and move on. Move forward. Move on. Move forward." Because you remember how he, you know, he was on the cross and stuff and even and like abused on his way to the cross. Do you remember? Do you see that movie, The Passion of Christ? You can't even, I can't even watch that scene with two eyes open the whole time. I can't. And he, and even then on the cross, suffocating. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them for they know not no, it's not what they've done, what they do, you know, because they're still doing it. Imagine telling that guy, well, that's all great and everything, but have you had a pastor hurt your feelings? <laughs> it's like, it's so stupid the way people operate. It's like, what is wrong with you? So that's why I don't waste time with people like that, but I am calling it out because it needs to be said. But anyways. The person that I'm talking about deconstructed is deconstructing. And how long are you supposed to deconstruct? Ah, is this like a plan, like a four week plan, like a 21 day deconstruction period? Like, how does this work? Do you ever get out? I don't think they really get out. They just like, they got offended at somebody at the church. And then they're just like, oh, a lot of people feel like that. Oh, well, we don't agree on this matter. So 
I just don't. Because I don't agree and I know I serve the Lord, I just, I think you guys have a problem and y'all are not operating in a Christ-like way and clearly I'm all right. So I, apparently everything that you've ever said, I have to question because this is how you feel on this specific singular standalone matter. Ooh. And obviously a lot of it has to do with politics. So people, people, this Christian that support Donald Trump, which, and it caused just the uproar. I'm so sorry. I'm call yourself a Christian. Shut the freak. Just shut up. Shut up and just move on. You're not going to feel the same way about everything. The book of Romans, such a good book, actually talked about that. And you know, before this, before reading this, I read it this morning, Romans 14. It actually talks about how to operate with believers that feel and have different opinions and just have different convictions, believe different things. <coughs> Before reading this, in my head, I'm like, how, how is it possible that Christians can think differently on certain, on foundational matters when we all have the same Bible? Like, I knew it was possible, but I was just like, no, like, this is the word of God. Like, it, it reveals itself. Like, we all need to feel the same way about certain foundational things. And then I read this today. And it's like everything switched for me because Paul, the way that he taught, and I, I encourage you read Romans 14, 15, and 16, or 13, actually, excusez-moi, 13, 14, and 15. When, you know, people quoted Romans 13 a lot about you know, submitting to authority to like, if the authority tells you to stick a jab of vaccine in your arm, you better listen. If he wants to do it up your butt, you better bend over. It's, you know, the way that people use that verse very interestingly. Um, it's such a great example. And this is the part that, that captured me when I was reading it today. And I heard this verse, obviously, because I'm a believer so many times, but today was ridiculous to me. <clears throat> Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Everybody, righteousness. I'm trying to find where in Roman it says that. It is that verse, though. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Bear with me. I'm trying to find it. Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you wanna be a part of the kingdom? Come on, come on, everybody! Don't you wanna be a part of the kingdom? Romans fourteen. There it is. Don't you wanna be a part of the kingdom? Part of the kingdom. Okay, so the Bible says this. It says, listen, listen, listen. Okay, let me set this up real good about the whole like, oh, Christians, like we don't actually have to agree with each other on everything. Romans 14, verse 5. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. Verse 6. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord. For he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and gives God thanks. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die. Where am I? 
Where am I? I lost my place. We died to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Verse 10. But why do you judge your brother? Why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, for it is written. Wait, where's the righteousness, peace, and joy part? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace. Where is the disappointment? Okay, all the way to down verse 10. Don't judge. Why, are you, why do you judge your brother? Why do you hold contempt for your brother, okay? In verse 17. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. Right? For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, or in some translations, in the Holy Ghost, which sounds very anointed to me. You know, for he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. That's, that's basically what I'm trying to get at. Where Christians will squabble. Sorry, that bat soup is also pretty spicy. We'll squabble over the like minuscule things. And it's like the kingdom of God is not whether you should support Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or Bojaden or Kamala, Kamala, or who the freak else. The, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. Even in the Bible, you know. It talks about, um, oh, dang, what does that scripture say? Think on these things. Whatsoever things are true, good, lovely, of good report, honest, pure, think on these things. There's, that is what matters. You, anything that produces righteousness produces peace, joy. Anything that's in that, every teaching that you can find in the Bible, joy, specifically with joy, in his presence there is fullness of joy, and his right hand pleasures forevermore, righteousness, you know, I beseech you therefore brethren, this is a verse I just know, I, I always quote this verse, by the mercies of God, pre present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, it's all about God. It's really, it's all about God. It's not about this versus this and that versus that, vaccinated versus unvaccinated. It doesn't matter. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what it's all about. At the end of the day, you stand before God. You're not going to stand before, before Jennifer, who, who has a major problem with nose rings. You're not going to stand before like Farah, who, who thinks that Christians who support Donald Trump are going to hell expeditiously. It's not about that. It's about God. And what will he say of your life after you've lived it and you give a report of it, an account of it? What will he say? What will be tried? What will come out when tried by fire? Will it be turned? Will it, you know, be turned to gold or will it burn like, ah, what's the word? Like, uh, you know, you know, will it burn up? There's a specific word. I'm just slipped my mind. But I didn't mean, I didn't come here to preach at you. Maybe I did. It's a trick. Tricked you. The deconstruction. I hate the whole thing. There's no fruit. I haven't seen any fruit of it. Um, I just hate it. It's just angry people that are hurt that don't know how to deal with church hurt. So they just deconstruct the entire thing. And it's just like, but it had you just given this to the Lord and say, God, I am hurt. 
You know, what would, what would have happened if Joseph, Joseph, the guy with the coat of, the coat of many colors, what would have happened had he deconstructed instead of just remained faithful to God? Instead of kept his heart right towards God. And people did him dirty. His brothers did him dirty. Pharaoh's, uh, not Pharaoh, but that one girl, that girl, that promiscuous, that promiscuous sleazy, you know, just that promiscuous little thing, meaty little thing, did him so dirty, he got put right back in jail? No, ma'am. What if he in turn says, you know what? This whole being a Christian thing is actually hurting my feelings. And it's actually like, you know, I'm, I'm still in jail. Is everything even true? I was told a long time ago by a dream that I would be king, that I would be, that, that my brothers would bow down to me, actually. You know, that I would rule. I got to deconstruct this word now. Maybe, and he started this demonic path of like questioning God of just just rearranging everything, living a life without faith and trusting in the Lord and being faithful unto the Lord, serving the Lord, no matter where he was, no matter what anything looked like, no matter what it sounded like, what it looked like, being right before the Lord, not sinning against God. Because that's what he said when that slutty thing tried to come at him and say, yeah, you wanna lay down with me? And he was like, I, how can I do this thing against the Lord? Not, he, how can I do this against your husband? I'm not, I don't want to sin against God. How could I do with such a thing? His heart was turned to the Lord in such a way. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the game. He was pursuing God to be right before him, to live a life that brought him joy, to live a life that, that, that would bring, that would ensue peace. You know, just all these things, faithful to God. But he, and he stayed, but he didn't deconstruct. He didn't get crazy. He didn't stay in the hurt. He forgave. He moved on. He stayed right before the Lord, and look where God delivered him to be. His latter end was greater than his former, and it always will be. When you stake with the Lord, and you remain with him, and you stay faithful, obedient to his concepts, obedient to his word, obe precepts, excuse me, not concepts, precepts and his word, and you follow through with his commandment, trusting, never even doubting in your heart. Well, that God, is it true what you said? You know, I was, I, I was having an encounter with the Lord like last week or something. And it was just me and God talking, which was phenomenal. Cause I've, I've, it was the first time in my life that I've even felt like I was having a conversation where it was like, he was saying something and I was asking something. And then right then it, it was cool. We were having a dialogue and I was like, yeah, I like it. And I don't even know exactly, but I was just thinking, I just thought about something God said. And you know what God told me? He said, did I give you my word for you to doubt? Baby, rebuke of rebukes, baby. Did I give you my word for you to doubt? He gave me his word for me to believe, for me to know that there's a promise in this word. You release this word for me to know that it will come to pass. Hallelujah right? Yeah. Say it. Hallelujah. It's a good word. This Bible is good. And jo Joseph knew by dream, God had given him a word, not for him to doubt, but to hold on to, hold fast to, believing it will come to pass.
And look at the brother now. Brothers. Look at that guy. His whole family was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know it was you. You look so good. You look so good. Can you give us some food? It's a good story. It's a great story. I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know how I even got there. <coughs> the topic of deconstruction. But it's, there's no fruit in it. I urge you, even on that. Again, maybe I'll go deeper into this another day on another episode. But I don't like that whole crowd because all those people do is just critique the body of Christ. It's very embarrassing to me, to us, to all of us. Like, how dare you drag us in front of everybody? Like, that's so not nice. That's so rude. That is so rude. Mm -mm. Like, if you, just the right way to deconstruct, the actual right way to deconstruct is renew your mind with the word of God. Because the word of God will teach you and guide you. And his word, and even by his spirit, he'll speak to you using his word to confirm. It's all in the word. It really is. He'll guide you through anything. If something's hard to forgive, God, you know, hey, I'm in jail, kind of hurts. God will, he will minister unto you. He will refresh you, refresh you. He will make that thing, whatever's hard for the next person is going to be easy to you because you have a refreshing, you have a helper. He ministers unto you. He loves you. He'll speak to you. He'll give you dreams. He'll, he'll tell you, you don't even worry. I mean, the encouraging word God says, he didn't have to say, but he did. You know, don't despise the day of small beginnings. For your latter end is going to be great. And God, as God, he said that he loves to see that stuff grow. He loves to see small beginnings, small things grow. He, he, he produces. He, he's a multiplier. He can do it. But you have to put the work in now. Yeah. yeah? Don't, don't, don't fear. Basically, remember what I talked about in that anxiety podcast. Don't fear. I gave you the word so you cannot fear. Don't fear. I have you. I got you. Don't even worry about that stuff. Worry about today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow is fine enough to worry about itself. But you will receive your daily bread today. That's why Jesus taught us to, you know, to help us. Father, give us this day our daily bread. Focus on what you have today. God will grow that thing. It's God is faithful. He is so faithful. He'll I'm telling you, and out of that, it's gonna be you'll be out of that season, you'll be out of that battle. And it's like I was ministered to the whole step. You know, I had help the whole step. Every day I didn't I have never seen the Bible says, the Bible says, I I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his children begging for bread. God, I wasn't ever hungry with you. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't end the day, start the day with hunger and end it with hunger. You fed me because I, I kept myself faithful to you every day. I focused on just today. Father, you know, I have a need. I'm, I'm hungry. And he'll give you food. Somebody will come along with food and they'll bless you. Somebody will buy you a lunch. You don't know how many times that's happened to me. You know, and it's not, I'm not saying this like I'm just on the side of the road, just like bones and skin. No, but you know, your girl was hungry. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, but I had to give this money for that, and, you know, because I, at the time, was, you know, was one of those, like, part-time jobs where it's like a college job where they pay you thoughts and prayers. Ugh. You know, somebody came through, and they were just like, let me buy your food, me and my brother. Oh, listen, I could, if I would, if I could pass out, I would. I don't really, pa I don't pass out. I've never passed out in my life. But if I could pass out, I would have. I would have so blessed to know that God took care of me and God takes care of me 
And God take, he will take care of you. But he, I, I see the manifestations of it because of my heart. And now I'm faithful to him. He's faithful to the faithful. Amen. I, I just want to encourage you in that. So don't deconstruct, but go to God and he'll alleviate that thing. He'll, 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 he'll right your wrongs. Vengeance is of the Lord. He'll make things right. You don't know how many times that I've taken delight out of seeing the vengeance of the Lord for people that have made it their mission anywhere in my life to make my life hard or to, to, to just be a headache to me. And because, you know, and this is, I don't want to do too much side notes, but there's this like, I want this, there was, there is a bully. And here's the thing. I'm not saying this, like I wasn't a bully, but that's another podcast. I was different today. I wasn't a bully, but I definitely laughed at people because things are funny. Um, but there's this one particular bully in this school and I never said anything back to this girl, not out of fear for her, heck to the no, out of fear for my mother. Because if, if what I said, and I have a fiery tongue and I, I know my, I know my abilities and I've, I held, I held that rudder back. Okay. Cause God has given me power to, if I say, I knew that if I retorted something, something, if I retorted, <laughs> if I said something back, something would have went down. And I was more fearful of what my mother would do to me for getting in trouble at school than what this child could ever, ever even say or do to me physically because I would have given her a beat down. Do you understand me? But I never said anything back. I just let it roll off my back. Just, just ignored it. Like, you know, here's another cheek. Just, just ignored it. Just, just move through. And um, I'll have to say, I won't say in specifics, but vengeance is definitely of the Lord's. <laughs> but I pray for her to make sure my heart's still pure before the Lord. You know, I pray for her. I pray that I have, I have prayed for her because it's pretty sad. But, you know, vengeance is good. Well, let me rephrase that. No, I'm just going to retract it completely. Um, vengeance is of the Lord's. Amen. Praise God. Next topic. I'm done talking about this. We're, if you want me to talk about it, then find me on Instagram and tell me. I want you to talk about it. If you have my number and you want me to talk about deconstruction more, text me and be like, girl, I want you to talk about it. If you're listening to this right now, you better find a way to contact me. And you know there are ways to contact me because I'd be living, leaving it in the episode descriptions. They are there. You can follow me and contact me. You just don't send me a friend request on Facebook. That's it. That's where I draw the line. Um, the next point, people who feel unsatisfied with the way church is going. Now, this topic is very specific, very particular, because, listen, <clears throat> this is a very specific, specific topic. I personally know of, like, two people in my life that I'm thinking of when I think about this subject. And I'm just going to read out what I wrote in my notes because that's probably a good thing. Um, but here's what I said. If you feel that you've been called to a church <laughs> to shift the culture and get things in this church right with God, I'm, I'm here to correct this church. I feel called you know, with the word and God, but you are not the pastor or you are not the associate pastor. You're not anything that's tied with the executive at all. You're not in the board. Just go find a better church. Just find a better church. 
Let me know. Why do I say that? Because it's really not up to you to tell a shepherd how to manage their flock when you're one of them. I know people are going to be like, but, 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 okay, listen here. Listen here, Bubba Gump. God didn't entrust you with another man's sheepfold. It's actually wrong and out of order for you to even try to create a movement inside of somebody else's church out, out of your dissatisfaction in the way that things are run, whether it's out of a pure heart or not. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. That is not that. I'm telling you right now, 10 times out of 10, it's self-fueled. You can try to throw the Holy Spirit in there all you want, but you creating a movement in somebody else's congregation because you're unsatisfied with something in leadership that's not holy ghost field and you out of that and doing that that results the way that's going to happen you're going to be the arbiter of change not the holy ghost you're going to be the arbiter of the change of the movement you'll credit yourself you'll probably call it if my name is um you know timothy green you'll call it the timothy green movement and I don't know, maybe there is a brother, an evangelist or a pastor named Timothy Green. This is not about you. I, it's just a name that popped up. Um, and, and it'll probably result in a church split. And all of these things are unacceptable, absolutely unacceptable. It's just wrong. You know, I've seen a lot of believers, and I've even been dissatisfied with things. But praise the Lord, I didn't go crazy. But there's a right way to do things and a bad way to do things. But here's... My first point is I've seen people where it's like, I don't, they'll be like, I, I'm critiquing how leadership is handling a certain matter. Let's say, well, I don't, I'm not really seeing the leadership going out and winning souls. You know, we're talk about winning souls, but we're not even doing anything for winning souls. And, and I, I don't want to call people out. I'm not going to call people out, but I was actually talking to somebody uh, recently and I was just like, okay, so um, why don't you and I and a few, you know, people or whatever, let's just go out and do some soul winning. Like, let's do it. I was like, you know, and the way that I, I strategically formed it, I was like, you pick a date, you pick a time, you pick a place, and I'll be there. Because so, soul winning is fine. Soul winning is good, right? And I said, okay, cool. To this day, I haven't had any text of this is where I want to go. This is the time I want to do it at. And they're probably going to do it. But I'm just saying, to this day, I have yet to receive any text. And this was in 2020, December, late December, maybe the last week of December, 2021, right? It's January 4th, 13. Okay? I haven't received any texts. And this is how I do things. Because, and this is kind of like, Listen, I used to be this kind of person, so it's amazing how the Lord will grow you. Amen. It's a good thing I didn't have a podcast then, right? <laughs> Where if you feel something to do something and then people give you the responsibility to do it and nothing happens, I don't want to hear a single complaint come out of your mouth ever again. Because though that still could be a problem, yeah, sure, maybe your church still isn't soul winning, but you not doing anything about it makes you part of the problem too. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. If you're not willing to do anything about it, I don't want to hear it. The right way I would advise is go to leadership. If it's in the realm of your possibility, go to leadership, give him your heart and leadership. If leadership hears that and they're like, Hey, listen, we have a van that we haven't used since the eighties. Why don't you drive around and bring some people in? That's a good way to do it. That's a proper way to do it because you are 
honoring and upholding, you know, like you're honoring, not upholding, you're honoring the leadership that God has positioned in that church, in that congregation, okay? You are doing it the way that they allowed you to do it. And then they're going to see the out, they're going to see the change. And by the grace of God, their probably leadership at that point is going to be like, I see now the benefits. Let's do this more. Let's create a system. Let's create a church-wide event where we do this continuously. And you see how things grow and you can't credit it to you. You always give glory and honor to God. Yes, it took you and credit and honors do where honors do. But always never get prideful. Always glorify God in all of it and do it as if you're doing it unto the Lord. Just just to not get into pride, friends. That there that's the right way to do it. But there's people that come into people's church believing that they are the change and what they have will set a blaze on you know the whole congregation ablaze. But it didn't the fire you didn't put it there. God put it there. You can inspire, you can encourage, you can raise people up. But if you're not pointing people to the word and to God, and you're pointing people to, well, because I'm on fire, I, I know what you need. That's already wrong. You're already doing it wrong. You can be on fire and people let people be inspired by you, but always point people to God. That's the reason why the apostle Paul in the Bible was like, people started worshiping him because what, how they see, how they saw God move on his life. And they, were, they started worshiping the guy. And he was like, don't worship me. Worship God. Because I did. this is not me out of me. I can't, I can't do this out of my own strength. But I give all glory to God because he made this possible. That's how your life should be. That is how your life should be. You can have that dissatisfaction. But you better do your part to make. If, prayerless, if you have a prayerless church, go to leadership and say, Hey, I want to, um, is it all right if I pray in the, you know, if you have a prayer room, if I, or anywhere that you can consecrate as a place that you want to pray and then invite people to pray with you if leadership's okay with it. But, but let me tell you, if not, which I don't know why you're in a church where leadership is not okay with prayer, um, skedaddle, get out of there. Don't try to like, I just need to make sure everybody's okay. You skedaddle yourself, save yourself, <laughs> get out of there. Get out of there. Don't cause a church split. Just silently and just, you know, thank you for this time at this church. But I, I'm just, we're just, I'm going on a different path. Respectfully leave and make sure you're right. And pray for those people that are still in that church. And listen, things sometimes don't even happen until something abruptly, like abruptly, like, changes like you know like a cycle people are doing some people don't leave when until they see somebody else leave not that that's your goal or your heart to like empty out another man's church but i'm just saying take care of you and your spiritual life okay it's not your job to be take care of somebody else's spiritual life especially when you're not even the pastor of that congregation don't carry the burden of the congregation if you are not the pastor of that congregation you are a sheep Go into another man's, into a better flock maybe, and get under good leadership and obey and follow leadership. And if you don't like how something is done, what there's no problem with you just go. But don't also don't if you find a good church, why are you even church hopping? So that's another topic for another day. I want to have it. That's another topic for another day. The whole church hopping thing. But I'm just saying, like, don't get that. You could have a good heart and execute that poorly. 
the whole like i'm dissatisfied with how things are run because people get prideful and then some of those people they get so prideful they'll they'll cause like little split i'm telling you pastors there's people that are dissatisfied in people certain people's congregation and they're causing little splits of just destruction in your church you better pray and rebuke them and if they can't be corrected get them out because they are an agent of the enemy whether they know it or not causing little divisions causing people to question and like d- like look at leadership in a way that it's disrespectful now or like eh, well i don't know how i feel is this the disrespect just rebuke it and if that person won't change kick them out it's all biblically accepted kick them out they don't need to be there they, they act like they don't want to be there anyways so do yourself just do them a favor and get them out of there they're not valuable people anymore there you're not you're adding in you're actually devaluing what's here so don't be that congregation member that's that's a headache and a burden a burden that nobody wants to bear and that is that's real people will tell you there's nothing you could possibly do you're not a burden no you could be a headache and a genuine problem in someone's life be a solution instead stop being a freaking headache freaking hard some people some people when they see certain people in the church they'd rather just go to heaven don't be that person be a person that's a blessing be a person that when your name is mentioned people start laughing in joy because they're thinking of the fun memories they have of you uh, just the joy that you bring if you're a joyful person be somebody where people just collectively like ah they say your name in, in love be that type of person be lovely like be lovable don't be a freaking headache it's all about receiving permission, okay? That's all I'm just, just receive, honor that person's, that man's, that woman's authority of that church and get permission for what you need to do. Don't be a jerk. Pray for your leaders and don't, you know, if you're dissatisfied and you treat, I'm gonna pray that the pastor opens up his eyes, just go to sleep. Just close your mouth and just don't even say anything. You cannot use prayer as a way to manipulate things, things, to do to see things the way you want it to be run you want it to be done you're wasting your breath you're you have a trash heart in that area pray for your leadership and bless them it's not a form of manipulation to spirit not as a form of manipulation to advance your you know your vision and what you want this is actually praying for them with a good heart just bless them that's all just just bless them that's actually going to be a way for you to get your head out of your butt Learn to love your leadership better than. Hey, I don't know, like doing the pastor coming that topic. If you, if after service your pastor preaches and all you do is ask your child, what do you think? Or ask your friend, what did you think of what the pastor said today? With your only goal in mind is just to critique and trash talk the pastor, you're trash. You're, you're at, well, like, I don't even know a nicer way to say that. You're behaving like trash. That's a trash way to be a congregation member. You're not honoring your pastor. You're being a, a, you know, insert a very mean word. That's what you're being. Give God your desire. And tell your leadership, hey, I could be in the wrong, but I'm telling you and you alone, the key word, alone. This is actually what I've been feeling. And I I, want to bring this to you, pastor, because I honor you and your leadership and your flock. And I'm a part of your flock. So I just want to bring this to you. This is a matter on my heart. And whatever the pastor has to say, go with it. If you, if something that, you know, hey, hey, I don't agree with that doctrinally. I already told you what to do. Peacefully get out. Peace out of there. Respectfully. Leave, you know, do something nice. Bless them and leave.
It's not hard. It's not rocket science. Like this is not hard. Like if you don't like, like for example, like there's certain brands, like a very shallow example. If there's a makeup brand I no longer like because I don't like their formula. I'm not bashing. I'm not. I think I think that they should add hyaluronic acid. I don't freaking know what they put in their foundation, but I just know that I just don't like the coverage anymore. I'm moving on. I'm not like there's a you just stop using their product. So it's not hard. I don't know why people make things harder when it's like church related. It's not I just use something that's better for me that I like. Of course you're not you shouldn't gauge churches what a good church is by your preferences and your likes and dislikes. Gauge churches and how good they are by the word of God. Do that. Look at their, you know, what we believe. That section on their website. What we believe. Yeah, do that. Listen to their sermons online that they should, that, you know, that they should post on certain things or certain series. See what they believe. Listen to the pastor. See if the Holy Ghost gets unleashed at that church. Do people speak in tongues? Maybe you're a Catholic listening to this. You probably don't want to go to church that speaks in tongues. Okay, make sure you go to a church that doesn't speak in tongues. Like, there's very easy ways to, like, do things like that. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to bash a church in the meanwhile, like, in the meantime while you're exiting because you're just a jerk at that point you're just an angry little jerk with small wieners anyways give god your desire and what you want to see happen in your lifetime and ask for wisdom on what to take to your pastor that's my last point in the sermon sermon it really is a sermon that's my last point in the note in the little little uh i won't call this a rant because i wasn't really angry um just little you know talk get ready with me chat no i'm just sitting here with tea and water Oh, because I'm also on a fast. Hey, 21 day. So, yeah, I'm just sitting here. Oh, it's about to be sun. The sun's just set. Whatever. I'm sitting here. Hey, I want to say thank you for listening. You can also find me on Instagram. You guys are just acting like you can't. You absolutely can't. I know you're listening. I know you're out there. You can find me on Instagram. Crisolite. You already got the first, what, five letters? C-H-R-I-S-O. Is that six? You guys have just learned how to count today. Um, all you just need is the last, what, five letters of my name. Yeah. I have 11 letters in my first name, which is L-Y-T-H-E. That's the last letters. And there, there you go. You found me on Instagram. Oh, that's me. Uh, follow me. That's pretty much it. Hey. Yeah. I'm going to drop my Venmo just in case just in case you're searching for it because some people want to give to my trip i'm going on a mission trip to uh the country i was born in and i'm just so excited so i'm again i'm you know don't give if you feel pressured i haven't pressured you to do anything no one should pressure you to do anything but that's i'm just making it easy for you to find me some people listen to my podcast and they suddenly want to give her money there it is same username as instagram so what anyways don't whatever i hope you enjoyed this episode um here's to getting a better microphone in jesus name amen 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 there is a zambian church that prays like that and I thought it was just going to be like a amen, but the ah just kept going on. It was amazing. Wow. 
And as he continued to say, ah, like the pastor's eyes got wider, the smile got like bigger. It was incredible. So I don't know if it was a Catholic service or not. Never been to a Catholic service. I like staying awake, actually, when the sun's up. So anyways, that's all from me. Love you guys. Bye-bye.